0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Gishay, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's interview is with Beth Bruno. Beth is a curator of the feminine story, amplifier of the feminine voice, and explorer of feminine glory. You can find her doing just that on her weekly podcast, Fierce and Lovely, and in her book, A Voice Becoming. Today, we're talking about intentional parenting, uh, what that looks like, how we connect with our kids, how we create a plan and cultivate confidence in that plan. This interview was so good for me. Uh, I'm really excited for y'all to listen to it. Beth, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Blake. So you have a book that is geared directly towards mothers of girls which I am so I am over the moon about this conversation I feel like I was telling you before we started recording I was like really my questions are my questions like these aren't interview questions these are tell me how to do this better (laughs) so to get us started tell us about yourself Beth and about your book and your ministry
1: Sure. Well, I am in Colorado, loving it, and raising three teenagers right now. They are 19, 16, and 13 boy, girl, girl. And we've lived here for about nine years. We came here out of grad school to start a nonprofit called Restoration Project that my husband was starting with his best friend, and it was aimed at helping men become better brothers and better fathers. And um, eventually, quickly, that turned into fathering our our own kids and starting with our son, the oldest. And so um, he wrote... Manmaker project. Boys are born, men are made to kind of usher our son into manhood through a year-long rites of passage process, and our girls were watching and waiting, mm. expecting everything to occur in the exact same way for them. And so there was a lot of expectation on me. And we just began to parent out loud. We found ourselves speaking around parenting a lot, even though we felt far, far from the experts in the parenting space. It was just natural that that you know we had a laboratory in our own kids. I know that sounds weird, but we just wanted to invite other parents into that and be transparent. And so um, just the more we spoke on it and the more we developed, I, I ended up writing the book, I did, A Voice Becoming, A Year-Long Mother-Daughter Journey into Passionate Purposed Living, and that was really my story, and with my daughter transitioning her from girl to woman in a year-long rites of passage process, but my hope in that is to encourage moms that this is vital and doable. Mm. Um, so that's that's where my ministry is right now, and I I do a lot of uh, just intentional calling out the role of women in -hmm. the world. Um, I really believe that if we... If we are created in God's image, then we ought to see inherent intrinsic qualities in women from across time and from across cultures. And mm. so I love to kind of explore those stories and amplify the feminine voice, not just for for my girls, but for all of us as women to just to recognize we are a part of such a great and beautiful story. And we get to be a part of that. And so how can I help to amplify that even more? So that's oh. that's
0: where I spend a lot of my time these days. That's amazing. That's, I mean, that's kind of what you want to be the battle cry of Christian women, right, is is the pulling our daughters with us and giving them a voice and the intention and the passion. That's incredible. I think that a lot of this idea of intentional parenting, connection with our children, like confidence in our parenting plan, I think we're, we're on board with that, right? As parents, we're like, yes, absolutely. And then I think we can Kind of almost be standing on the edge of that threshold, and feel like okay, how? That's so daunting. That's so huge. And so, okay, let's talk about intentional parenting first. I think I personally think that we're a generation that struggles with this. Like, probably the generations before us haven't. We're we're overstimulated. We're overconnected. We're being pulled in a million different directions, and that can make it really difficult. To parent intentionally and purposefully, what is your like, what truth do you speak into that space?
1: Well, I think a lot of times we we think that we're being intentional and that we're giving our kids our intention. But what we're really doing is we're giving them our attention. Mm. And those are two different words. Uh, we, our kids need our attention for sure. But what that means is that they have our eyes. So this is the three-year-old in her preschool performance scanning the audience for mom or dad's eyes, finding those eyes, and then just striking a conversation, right, straight to them as if nobody else is in the room. How many mm-hmm. of us have experienced that? So it's, you know, our, it's our eyes. It's us on the floor playing Legos or undressing and dressing dolls for countless hours. It's, <laughs> they have our attention and that's good. It's important. It's necessary, but it's not enough. Intention is you have my heart. Mm. My heart is turned toward your heart in a posture of curiosity and discovery because it's a recognition that our kids are created in the image of God and are. Displaying a glory in them, and it's our role, it's our privilege to try and uncover it, mm-hmm. and and illuminate it, and point our kids' eyes toward it. Because if we can help them understand, this is my glory. This is what I was created to bring to the world. They will turn and and wonder in whose image do I reflect in that glory? Who, who am I created after? Oh, and they'll fall more in love with God in the same way, same time. So there's a difference between attention and mm-hmm. intention. Yeah, no,
0: I love that, that distinction, because I think, I actually was having a conversation with a group of moms not that long ago, and we were talking about how, kind of what you're saying, but in way more <laughs> vague terms, but just the idea that I think the generations before us, speaking to mothers specifically, didn't feel quite so obligated to entertain their children 24-7 because their children had their intention, right? Mm -hmm. So our kids don't need our attention 24-7. They need to learn how to be independent players. I have to fold laundry. Like, I may have to go to work. But am I trading out attention for intention,
1: Hmm.
0: Whereas I can flip those, my child has my heart. They have my, you know, desire for them to know who their hope of glory is. That it's okay, mommy needs to fold these towels. Go dress your dolls by yourself, and there's not
1: this like imma- like massive amount of guilt associated with that. Right. Yes. I think as moms, we live under so much pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's culturally. That's also just, you know, any one of us who wants to get this right has a huge stack of books with Mm -hmm. all different voices telling us all different things. That's an enormous pressure. Comparison that we as women, I think, struggle with inherently more than men. And so Mm -hmm. what's our friend doing? What's our girlfriend doing? What's the women in our Bible studies doing? All of that we carry as this crazy enormous amount of pressure on mm-hmm. our shoulders mm-hmm. and I'm not I'm not so sure that's what God would have for us as moms as parents no. no because like exactly what you're saying I
0: think that pressure pushes us to attention whereas grace and freedom and being rooted in that these children are little arrows in my quiver pushes us to intention
1: mm-hmm. yes totally
0: and don't I mean gosh I don't want my kids, my girls to get older and be like, yeah, my mom spent hours on the floor dressing dolls with me, but we never really, like, connected. We never really talked. Mm. That would be devastating.
1: Yes. Oh, that's so important. And that's so, that becomes even more essential when they start going through rapid change. Right. Physi- physically, socially, and That is when they need our heart. Mm -hmm. And many times we haven't practiced offering our heart. Right. Or seeking their heart. And so that is why I believe those years are so difficult for so many Mm. mother-daughter relationships.
0: Yes, 100%. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm, I'm a pretty busy person. I work. I have a podcast. I'm busy. But you know, the hope and the prayer and my girls are just now getting old enough to kind of you know, especially my oldest, she's five, she's starting to like want to have conversations and and stuff like that. And can I I cannot give them my undivided attention all day long. But like I can cut off work at a certain time and I'm theirs Mm -hmm. across the board. And we can talk about school and we can talk we can lay in bed and read a book and we can like connect. And I think that's such a word for, like, working moms. I know working moms struggle with a lot of guilt not having all of that face time with their Mm -hmm. kids. And it's just like, that's not, gosh, I just don't think that that's the answer. Mm -hmm. It's not
1: about face time. Right. You can have really meaningful five minute conversations in the car on the way to school. Exactly. And I think it's it's easier. And I fall into this, too, to just ask about the data points. Tell me mm. the the bullet list of the events that you are walking through in a day. But that's not connection. Connection is skimming over all of that and saying, how are you mm. feeling about mm. your teacher this morning? Yeah. Or what is your heart Where's your heart at knowing yeah. that you know you've had a hard time with your best friend lately it's yeah. just cutting, cutting right into those deep spaces. And when they're five, six, seven, they know they won't have words necessarily to really respond mm-hmm. much to that, but you're beginning to give them language exactly. so that when they're 10, 11 and 12, oh, this is a normal way mom and I communicate yes. and I'm starting to have words now to, to have this engagement with mom and mom's a safe place to have mm-hmm. painful, ugly, uncomfortable feelings. I can bring that to mom. That's yeah. all of that is such good prep for those early adolescent years. Yeah. And you, you, you're you exactly what you're saying. You set that up. You don't.
0: And I'm speaking to myself. So this is not a judgment call on any other mother. But I, I just now at five started realizing, well, I got to I got to hone in. I got to like start kind of almost doing what you're doing I just didn't really have the verbiage for it but I need to like lay in bed with her after you know when her little sister goes to bed and talk about her day and not just ask like how was your day right mm-hmm. so we, we it is it's data points it's a checklist how was your day or I mean we may even dig as deep as like how like how they make you feel but we I she's five right so there's not a whole, always a whole lot of bulk to that but the idea that you're planting seeds and you're investing and what you're going to hopefully eventually harvest is this really incredible relationship that you've worked for because it is it's
1: Mm -hmm. work it's work to to try to drag that kind of stuff out of a Mm -hmm. (laughs) five-year-old
0: you know well yeah
1: Yes. Well, it's that intentional piece. It's you have my heart. My heart is turned toward you, not just Mm -hmm. my eyes. And so you're, we're constantly heart to heart. Where are we really finding the, the depths of this little person that Mm -hmm. I get to get to raise. Um, and it's, I think that alleviates some pressure too. You know, we don't have to just get it all right or get all that time with Mm -hmm. them, but Mm -hmm. we're having that meaningful connect point.
0: So real quick, I want to tell you about an app I recently discovered and love. It's called With His Light. It's a devotional app that offers free daily audio devotionals on the go. With His Light has been developed by a small team of dedicated people whose goal is to help fellow Christians feel connected with God by using their smartphones. It's 100% free, like 100%, and the app walks you through a daily devotional in scripture that you can listen to wherever you are. You can find the app on both iOS and Android. Okay, real quick, don't skip over this. I need to tell you about something super exciting. The Crappy Christian Podcast finally has merch. I am going to absolutely toot my own horn and tell you that it is stocked full of really great and really fun designs. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, hats. You are going to love them. So jump over to crappy christian
1: podcast.com slash shop to check it out here's an illustration that I it's really helped me shift my view of parenting I used to again feel all of that pressure and I if there was one verse that kind of summarized all of that for me it was proverbs 22: 6 train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it I hated that verse. I hated it. <laughs> because train is an awful word. Mm-hmm. I mean, what does that mean? And especially what does that mean when everybody is doing it differently and has a different opinion about all the things? Yep. And, and then if I don't do it right, wh- who are they going to become? That's so much expectation so much for, pressure. for a perfectionist. It was unbearable. And then somewhere in that stack of books, I came across one that had a really different tone and kind of talked through that verse differently, accurately, perhaps. And so in Solomon's time, Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. We understand that midwives were the everything, doctor, nurse, doula, pediatrician, and would deliver the newborn. And before returning newborn to new mom, she would dip her finger In a little bowl of crushed dates, and rub her finger on the roof or the palate of the baby's mouth to stimulate sucking Mm. and to awaken thirst. And only when the baby began to suck would she return newborn to new mom. (gasps) And the word for that action, for that activity in Hebrew is chanak, and it is the same word used Mm. for train. And so a better translation of that verse is to arouse or awaken our child to hunger and thirst. Mm. And that is so different it's so different So <laughs> different. <laughs> if, if really is that my job as a mom to arouse and awaken my child to thirst and hunger thirst and hunger after what i believe it's after that glory that they were made to impart and to thirst and hunger for the one in whose image they are made and if Dang. if my job is to lift their eyes to that story that's being okay. told and in, to in them okay okay and I'm going to get amount of time with them wrong. I'm going to get the things that I say and respond to wrong. I'm going to get so much wrong. But it's okay because the responsibility isn't to train and mold and shape them. It's to arouse and awaken and stimulate them.
0: Come on with that, man. I mean, that makes that verse completely different. Yes. And and suffering. Yes, well, and I love, and of course, I don't know the reference. I totally should just look it up, but I won't. <laughs> but the one where that children are a gift, that they're an inheritance, and the, and then the one that talks about, I love the one about, like, arrows in your quiver. Like, it is not my job to make sure that they're perfect or make sure that I do it perfectly, but it is my job to launch them into the world loving Jesus. Mm-hmm. And man, right. when you strip the requirements of parenthood down to that, it's less scary. And then when it's less scary, you're more willing to do it. <laughs> right?
1: Yes. And and, so and I, take
0: little risks
1: to feel right. like I'm I'm not gonna bomb this as much as maybe I thought before.
0: Right. I had an interview with someone a few weeks ago and she was saying, you know, we're I'm we're big proponents of therapy in our home. And she was like, Your kids are gonna end up on a therapist couch. Okay, let's just make sure that it wasn't because they didn't meet Jesus in your home. Mm -mm. I was like, yeah, Mm -mm. that feels like a fair benchmark. I'm good with that. Like everything (laughs) else comes out in the wash. If I can point my kids to Jesus and they know that I loved them the best way that I could. And that just I mean, that just takes so much pressure off of the desire to be intentional and the desire to connect with them. I think we can feel like we've gotten stuck on this hamster wheel of motherhood and that is just permission to like get off
1: exactly yes
0: like so I know that you talk in your book about confidence like in a plan right Mm. which almost makes me want to like laugh out loud because I'm like flying by the seat of my pants like just figuring it out and You know, I think a lot of us can feel like, especially, like, our oldest are, like, a little, like, parenting guinea pig, right? And so how do we do that? How do we create a parenting plan? How do we cultivate confidence in that? And, like, how
1: do we, like, implement it? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let me start backward, backways to this another illustration that I have found helpful. You know those connect the dot worksheets mm-hmm. where there's hundreds of dots and you have no idea what the image is going to create. Mm-hmm. I really think that early on, when before our kids are even nine, our role essentially is to connect or not collect the dots. Parker Palmer says, from the very beginning, our lives lay down clues to our vocation and calling. Mm. So if our kids have a glory in them, we ought to be seeing clues to that as young as, you know, two, three. Mm. But we have no idea what the image is going to finally be. And so we're just collecting the dots. What are we beginning to see that point to that glory? And we have, again, that intention, our heart is toward them. We have a posture of curiosity. We're studying them, but we don't know yet. We're just collecting the dots. And Mm -hmm. then from maybe 10 to 13 or so, we're beginning to connect the dots. What then does this all point toward? What is, what might I hypothesize is the glory my child is imaging, um, and we test it out, and we do different things that just kind of test what that might look like. And then the last stage, while they're still in our house, is really inviting them to live into that image that we think we have. Their lives are drawing, and mm-hmm. again, that may or may not be true for them. But as moms who have been intentional with a posture of curiosity, I bet we're pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. And so how do we start inviting our child in to live into that to, we've named it. I really sense like when i when I see you get passionate about this, I see this particular this thing come alive in you. I just wonder what God has for you. How does mm. that land? How does that feel? um and and allow them to affirm or or not what if that feels if that resonates with them. Yeah. So that's kind of a backdrop of, yeah being intentional at different stages. The my book is really about being uber intentional, when our kids are transitioning from child to the beginning of adult. And I, my husband and I focus on the year 12, seventh grade, for a number of different reasons. But we have readers who are doing it, you know, far past that. And it's never too late. But yeah, seventh grade is a brutal year. It's brutal. Their bodies are changing. Um, that's the year socially where kids either skyrocket forward in terms of maturity and exposure or Mm -hmm. stay young and naive. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's the Christian kids who stay young and naive, Mm -hmm. but then they're exposed to hard, hard And so we want to be on the cusp of those conversations. We want them to know no topic is too tough to bring to us. And we're going to be engaging around that first before yes. you have to with your peers. And then also age 13 culturally is such a celebra- celebrated age. We right. want live into that too and kind of take that that birthday as we're launching you we're inviting you to join the company of women or the company of men so for that reason we we've started our rites of passage year when they turn 12 and we do it full for a full year for because honestly it takes that long for things to really absorb into their little formative brains, you know, one weekend, one special date night here and there is it's just not enough for them Mm -hmm. to really begin to internalize some of those conversations. Their attention span is too short. (laughs) And their ability to be deep is not fully developed. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing over over time is creating mental file folders. So for a voice becoming I, I talked about women fight Women lead, for instance. So that's a file folder. And we're doing experiences and watching movies and reading books and having conversations around that. Does that mean when they turn 13, they're, they're a solid adult woman who fights? No, right, right. But they have a category. So as they continue to have their own experiences. They they have categories for that. They have a context for what that means and looks like. And they, mm-hmm. they just begin to develop more intentionally into that kind of woman that we're calling them to be. That's um, so that's where the plan comes in is mm-hmm. thinking through. It's my job as mom to invite my daughter into womanhood. It's my husband's job as dad to invite our son into manhood. So that's going to take some planning. It's going to yeah. take some, a sketch, um, a budget, uh, you know, a calendar. Like if we really want to be intentional, it's going to take some forethought. And so the book is, is both story and encouragement and help to, to do that sort of plan. I love
0: that. Well, and I love what you've said earlier in our interview about that, you know, it's easy for 12 to feel so far away, which I know that it's not because time is just flying. But my hope and my prayer, and I, it's never too late, and I love that you, like, made sure that that was very clear. But, man, I start developing that rapport with my 5-year-old, and then by the time she's 11 and 12, this isn't coming out of thin air. Hey, we're going to be really intentional with you and, like, do rites of passage, and 13's a big deal. Like, we've always had that connection. We've always talked to each other that way. So it's just a natural progression. Exactly. That is so exciting. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I love that. This was so much more than I thought it was going to be, which I had very high expectations for this conversation. And I'm sitting here like, I have front back front notes. I'm like, okay, we need to read this book. We need to make a plan. <laughs> like, But I feel like you're giving women the tools to not feel like they have to do it all,
1: mm-hmm. which I think moms right. are
0: just desperate for right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I know I am. And a lot of moms are doing this together, you know, with a group mm-hmm. of friends, girls of similar age, maybe through church or just, you know, friend groups and. And that helps right? kind of planning some things together instead of having to come up with it all on their own. Some moms have done exactly what I did and it just literally used the book as the guide. So everything like it's, yeah, but I want moms to know it is, it does take intentionality, but it's doable and it's worth it.
0: It's so worth it. it. The work is worth it. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So we're going to do rapid fire questions to wrap up. Do you know your Enneagram type? Oh, I'm a one. You're a one. You are You said something I about perfectionist earlier. Yes. And I was like, oh, she's got to be a one. I'm a one. That's so funny. <laughs> what is something that can always pull you out of a funk?
1: A glass of red wine. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Mine's a margarita, but you know. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, and what is the last thing you watched on TV?
1: So uh, we watched Queer Eye last night. Uh, the new, like the new one. No, we're. it's just we just came across it, so ah. I have no idea where we are. We just kind of pop into various episodes. But that...
0: like the new, like the revamped one.
1: Oh, it was with like JVN a and everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's a remake. See, I didn't even know that. It's a remake.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's so good. We love it so much. I
1: know. It's so it's lighthearted, but it's also like touching. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, it's they a like... great way to end the day.
0: It is. It is. It's a little. It's like a little bit mindless, but also like intentional it's kind of all of the thing. Yes. Beth thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom and your heart this was this was challenging for me in the best way and such an incredible conversation I'm so thankful tell people where they can find and follow you and find your book
1: yes yeah, so bethbruno.org forward slash freebies is a great place to just start and I have a resource I have lots of intentional mom resources in there but the one called before the clock strikes 12 is a ebook. That's a great prep, like Mm. pre-work for my book, A Voice Mm -hmm. Becoming. So, but then also on my website is a book tab and people can go and learn more about the book and can buy it anywhere books are sold.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Blake. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more